Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 40th episode of the Pay to Play podcast. I'm Frank Geib, joined here with my host in Raleigh, North Carolina, James Zajikowski. James, how was the holiday? How, uh, how, how is it back in Raleigh now? Uh, did work start up today, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, work actually started last Thursday, but I did it while I was still back in Ohio. A little work from home action, you know, 21st century company. Good stuff all around. Uh, but now, yeah, full throttle back in the office, um, you know, doing my, you know, daily bitch work. And then also the hard cu- hardcore, um, you know, cutting analysis that that is finance in uh, the new decade, Frank. First episode of the new decade. Uh, yeah, so crazy it's, that it's a new decade, man. 2020. I, an exciting I want, year. I wanted to make a dumb joke when we did our year in review Instagram post. I wanted to say decade in review. But that would have just been overkill because we only existed for one year. Um, but, yeah, no, things are good. I, I got sick right after New Year's Eve. Um, uh, late New Year's Day I did. And then so spent a couple extra days at home, got a little bit better. And now we're back here full throttle, like I said, uh, looking up. thing. Like, imagine that emoji with the graph going up. That's us in uh, this upcoming year. Yeah, huge things, huge things in this year and in this decade, honestly, just uh, really excited for it. But um, let's get right into it, James. On today's episode of Pay to Play, folks, if you don't know what we do, we talk sports, we talk betting, we talk investing, and we're going to talk about all of that today. And we'll start um, with a little recap of the NFL wildcard weekend and then the four upcoming divisional games. Um, We'll touch on OSU's uh, heartbreaking loss uh, and then go into the CFP national title preview. And then we'll talk about a little bit of the markets and maybe uh, some potential for a world war three, a lot of jokes on Twitter, James, uh, but the markets ended 2019, uh, but they're starting 2020 with some volatility. As I brought up that those world war three jokes um, before we get into all that though, James, uh, let's recap our holiday a little bit. What was uh, your favorite Christmas gift from this holiday season? So this is a tough one for me, Frank. It's a, it's a tie between two items. Um, got a blender from my mom, which I am all about. I already made a smoothie yesterday with it. Um, but also got a great pair of jeans, like, you know, just good solid jeans, like have the flex feel to them. They're not quite yeah. Brett Favre Wrangler. I think they're Ralph Lauren. My dad's a huge polo guy. And so he's kind of getting me on the bandwagon. I'm not going to say no. I would hate to pay full price for myself, but boy, are they comfy. <laughs> um, and so the blender or the jeans, tough for me to pick between the two. So I'm just going to give you both. What about yeah, yourself? Yeah, I, I love the flex fit denim. Like, I don't know where that was my whole life, but, like, I'm a big fan now. And oh, yeah. I, just, I, I just don't get what people were doing. But, yeah, I mean, I understand Brett Favre and his Wrangler jeans are also key. They're probably flex fit now. I feel like everyone's changing up. Everyone, now. it's getting with the times. Yeah. And, I mean, what kind of smoothie did you make before we go to mine? Strawberry, banana, and I, I only put strawberries, banana, like one banana, and, like, ice in there. Wasn't the best smoothie ever. I learned, like, a legit smoothie. You kind of need a couple more ingredients to make it, like, a legitimate thing. Yeah, you but... needed, like, a little orange juice or something in there. Yeah, more but flavor. you know what? I'll tell you what. It was, I mean, as healthy as it can get. It was legitimately just fruit and ice. No added sugars. No head and sugar, so preservatives. All right. Well, I uh, I got a drone for Christmas for my sister. I'm really excited. I've been flying it around the, the apartment a little bit. Um, got it here next to me, actually. Might fly it after the pod. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to play with that until I break it, probably. And then... Uh, Does it have a camera? Yeah. 
Yeah, I haven't so, set that part up yet, though. But I, so I'll, maybe I'll figure that out tonight. And then uh, I got a raspberry pie. If you have any idea what that is, you probably don't. Nope. It's not. It's not the food item. It's not something you can make into a smoothie. It is. Uh, it's like a little computer. It's like a credit card sized computer that you can like. Come on, because I'm a nerd. Yeah, that's good. Hey, I'm I'm happy for you that you can nerd out and make make something useful out of a uh, Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. I, I could probably automate flying my drone with my comp- with my little mini computer thing. Well, that might be a goal of yours for the year 2020, Frank. Uh, let's let's hop into some resolutions too while we're at it, recapping the holiday. Yeah, um, I I had a goal for 2019 to read 12 books. Um, unfortunately, I had a hot start. I think I was three books in through the first three months. I think I got to four. Maybe <laughs> got to four. <laughs> four and a half, maybe at best. But I'm start. I started a new book at the beginning of twenty or the end of twenty nineteen, beginning of twenty twenty. Here, Principles by Ray Dalio, uh, one of the world's most renowned investors. Um, so it's, it's a good book so far. I'm about two hundred fifty pages reading down in Florida, um, and I still it's still like two hundred fifty pages to go. But my goal, once again, read twelve books. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. That's good. I, I, I'm actually curious. Like, it's a good resolution, but also I probably read no more than four books myself. Like, yeah. I, 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 if I, I sat here and named them to you, I'd probably, like, get to two. I probably read 30 million tweets, <laughs> but, only <laughs> yeah. three bo- but only three books. So yeah. uh, more books, less tweets, but m- maybe more tweeting off the Pay to Play Pod Twitter, which is officially now at Pay, the number two play pod we are ending to the number two not to we've had some confusion there so we are the pay number two play to pod i don't even know pay to pod when you say confusion i think it's mostly been my fault because every time i've used it i've used the word two but official rebrand it's only the number from here on out um so that's one of my resolutions i'm not going to make that mistake anymore uh another one <laughs> i'm gonna start washing my hands after i go to the bathroom uh, it's <laughs> what i'm just kidding frank come on oh uh, man i'm a big like under hot water 25 seconds whatever um so no don't worry the hand washing will continue um but what i will do is i'm gonna start praying more on a nightly basis you know i was probably you know an every other night guy on average now i'm gonna do it yeah, every night i like that i want to try a little meditation ray dalio is Telling, telling me that uh, meditation's really helped him uh, keep a clear mind. And uh, maybe a little meditation and prayer could be good for all of us. It's funny how, and I'm not criticizing because I actually respect the guy too, but it's funny how guys that make a shit ton of money, you just respect their opinion <laughs> on stuff like the <laughs> random stuff that they don't necessarily have an expertise in. But yeah, like, like, same no, thing I, goes I, for I, a guy like Mike Bloomberg too. Like, I, I don't know. He yeah. Has, certain stuff he does I, whatever but <laughs> you understand my point well i understand i understand exactly well let's let's keep moving on though i like i like your resolution i'll wash my hands a little bit as well but um well i guess one more thing before we we move into the sports uh let's highlight the 25 days of pickmas winner it was gabe akins uh sigma kai guy from ohio state uh fraternity brother of mine went 11 and 2 against the spread in uh, Pickmas, he went with the minimum number of entries, 13, because he was in the lead. Strategic, we think we're going to bump it up to 15 entries minimum next year. But congrats, Gabe. Uh, we already paid him out his winnings. And then uh, Colin Mitchell, congrats to you as well, because you win a haircut, courtesy of me, 
going four and twelve. Uh, that is the worst overall um, in thickness. Yeah, you know what? Uh, there needs to be a hats off ceremony for Colin because he told me specifically he was going to start picking less, um, like to avoid coming in last. And then I like called him out on it in person. Well, you know, he makes a couple more picks. They were not winners, and so he gets the title. So props to him. Um, yeah, free haircut. You know, people say, you know, why why spend money on something you don't have to? He's a lucky guy. He he doesn't have to spend a dot a dime. Yeah. Colin, I'll line you up real nice. Trust me. Um, but moving forward, the next thing uh, kind of on our own little podcast agenda is I think next week we're going to be doing a, a little awards show uh, recapping 2019 and some of the fun we had. Uh, and we're going to be calling the Lockies. It's not the Dundies. It's the Lockies. Uh, we'll have some awards like best overall guest, top listener, uh, the Jeff Bagwell Award. Uh, Dave Portnoy is a front runner for that one. Uh, 2019 Comeback Player of the Year, and then uh, also uh, the Kyle Berger 2019 Courage Award. The Yeah, the Courage Award, that one's going to be, you know how they kind of have Chris Berman read the one during the ESPYs? Like yeah. he does a whole thing. That's the Arthur Ashe Courage Award, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I, we don't know who exactly is going to lead us into that one. Tough to yeah. find the guy like we're, we're naming it after Berger because uh, of his injury history in, in college. Um, I don't know. He's a friend of the pod, so. We're gonna we're gonna name it after him. <laughs> he he was very kind in hosting me a couple of times over the uh, winter break in Cleveland as well. So oh yeah, big... I've I've slept on his floor a couple times. Nice place. That's hey, no, nice. nothing wrong with that. Great dog too, Murph. Big Murph, what a beast. Um, you need a Murph yeah. award. Yeah, maybe a Murph award. Uh, but the Lockies will be next week. Uh, something small, nothing crazy, but it'll be fun. Uh, announce some awards. Uh, we might even do a little fan vote for a couple of them. Um, Maybe for top top overall guest. I know K Wad's up there. Dennis Grossell had a good interview with us, so we'll see. But I think James, we can move on into into the sports, into the yeah, meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes, but just want to also shout out the fact that if if anything comes to you in the next week, think that you think is deserving of a Lockie, uh, please send us your uh, feedback and nominations. Uh, we'd we'd love to hear all your ideas and everyone that is deserving, because uh, we know there's a lot of people that made this pod what it is over the last year and, you know, did some outstanding things. So we'd love to recognize that with the Lockies (laughs) next week. So, yeah, I'm excited. Um, uh, But yeah, should we move on then into uh, the college ranks? Yeah. Collegiate sports time. I think Frank, Uh, let's start. You want to go basketball first, work our way into football. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get the basketball going first. Um, And Ohio state keeps uh, top 10 teams losing left and right. Only a couple undefeated teams left. Uh, That's Auburn and San Diego State. Yep, those are your lone two undefeated. Uh, Auburn Tigers obviously coming off a year when they made a run to the Elite Eight. Uh, San Diego State didn't do that. But you know what? They've got a couple new players in that lineup, uh, a grad transfer. We're going to talk about them uh, more here in a second. You want to do it right now? All right, fine. Your team that no come tournament time, it's the San Diego State Aztecs. Uh, coming off a victory at Utah State, where they were actually three-point underdogs. Uh, Sharps were against them, you name it. They didn't care. They go out and they win that game by eight points. Uh, this team has really just not seen anything capable of stopping it yet. And they actually rank number one in the net rankings, Frank. I don't know if you remember you know, those net rankings, the capital N-E-T, whatever the hell that stands for. I don't remember. 
but they're number one in the country in that regard. And, you know, for good reason, they're, they come out like Utah state's a very good team too, for people that aren't aware of that. Um, San Diego state, we can start naming a couple of the players, but the one grad transfer we were going to bring up Yanni Wetzel, uh, former, former Vanderbilt Commodore, uh, fr- friend of Alex stump. And I believe you got to know him. I don't know if I necessarily conversed with him, but good guy. <laughs> he, he, uh, he probably doesn't remember this, but, uh, so th- he was with stump at Ohio state at a party with us. And he actually gave me, he's a New Zealander for all of you, those who don't know. He's from New Zealand, uh, grew up playing ball there, came over to the States for college. Um, and he actually gave me his New Zealand phone number and he told me, like, I have it in my phone. So he told me to text him anytime I want, anytime I'm in New Zealand later in life, uh, that he'll show me around and, uh, show me a good time in New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) That's electric. So he told me I got to put it on my bucket list. So I did. So Yanni, um, if you're not listening, uh, we're going to get him on the pod maybe this year, uh, before the tournament, hopefully. Uh, but yeah. Yanni's killing it. Over 10 points a game for those guys. as a grad transfer, third leading scorer, uh, playing 26 minutes a game, really quality ball as a, as a forward. I'll tell you what, to go from being the uh, a player on the worst team in the SEC at Vanderbilt where they went 0-18 in conference last year to now going to a team that's you know top in the Mountain West, a uh, pretty decent basketball conference for people that don't know. Outside of the Power Five, they're probably the strongest in my opinion. Uh, Malachi Flynn also leads that team in scoring, though, with about 16 a game. Uh, bring any other names that pop out at you? Who is it? Matt Mitchell is also a guy that gets you over 10. I think he gets 12 points a game. Yeah, there's four of them getting over 10. Jordan Shakel, Shakel he's getting 10.2. Um, but, yeah, really, Malachi Flynn really leads him. He, he's got over five assists a game as well, shooting 43% from the three-point line. Um, so really consistent there. Um, tough team to beat. They're going to be exciting. You said the best team outside of the Power Five, Gonzaga, ranked number one, James. I No, I said the best conference, the Mountain West. Oh, oh okay, my bad. The Mountain West, I'd say, is the best outside of it. Which, okay, you could you could argue with me, maybe say the American. I don't even think there's like a Power Five in college basketball because like the Big East would be. Yeah, there, true. But I think they, they do, there is one. And I just, for whatever reason. I feel like the big, I feel like maybe the Pac-12 just gets like thrown to the side. You know, whatever the case is, they're a very good conference. Yeah. I'm not here to rank back. And San Diego State's a really good team. They'll, they will be in the tournament, no doubt at this point. And uh, we'll be cheering for Yanni. I'll tell you what, on teams that know come tournament time, and we did the math, we, we did seven of them last year. All seven in the tournament. So. Uh, we are good at picking teams to go in. We might as well take over for Lenardi as a bracketologist. Um, yeah, I like out that. of those teams to know tournament time. James Lenardi. James Lenardi. I'd be happy to take that one on. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm going to take back that statement about the Mountain West being. A, no, they're just. It's it's good. It's not great. Let's actually move on. I don't want to talk about the Mountain West anymore. I did. We've already spent too much time. Uh, just also worth noting that no one wants to stay in the top ten. Just teams are going down left and right. Oregon took another loss at the hands of Colorado. Uh, Ohio State, we said, has lost two in a row. They play Maryland on Tuesday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. They play at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, if you're listening after the fact, then who knows who will win that game. Maryland's favored by two and a half going into it. Uh, Maryland's at home, 11 versus are. 12. It's going to be a good game. 
Every Big Ten game is really a good game. Like, just throw on – I mean, it could be Illinois just dominated Purdue. Yep. Yeah, Big Ten basketball makes no sense, especially uh, with better team – better, I'm saying that with air quotes, going on the road, and all of a sudden they're way worse. Yeah, Uh, so who knows what's going to happen. I think it will be a great game, though. Excited to check it out. Um, But let's move on to the college football world. Um, I know – we have not had a podcast since the Ohio State game. That that was a decade ago, though. So I'm not even worried about it anymore. Uh, I'm I'm very sad, obviously. Um, it kind of forced me into a little uh, betting retirement for January that game. <laughs> but uh, I do want to salute Kevin Weikey, um in that awesome retirement letter that he sent out. Uh, Jesus, Jesus wept. We all wept. Uh, now that Kevin is gone, so. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen that, it's pretty viral, more viral than our podcast. So I'm, I'm guessing you saw that if you listen to this. <laughs> yeah, you probably did. And I, <laughs> realistically, that was well done on all parts by him. I, he he went on to some more prominent radio shows after us, but just know we had him first. Uh, I saw on Michael Carbone's Snapchat story he had like three radio calls today. Uh, but we were proud to be, you know, original KWOD fans, yeah. not yeah. not bandwagoners like the rest of the country now. No. No, and bowl season's coming to a close here. Uh, the final non-championship bowl game is tonight. A little action act with uh, Miami taking on Louisiana Tech, right? The Raging Cajuns. The Raging Cajuns, yep. Um, awesome mascot. One of the coolest mascots in college college sports, for sure. But um, So that's it. And then we have the national title next Monday. Uh, Clemson versus LSU. Clemson twenty nine in a row. LSU Heisman winner Joe Burrow, fourteen and zero as well. Um, James, who do you like in this one? This is just going to be an absolute shootout, I think. The, and you're going to hear a lot of diff- you'll probably hear a lot of the same bullcrap regurgitated before this one. Uh, I, and he, I might do the same for you right now, but I think this is a game that's won and lost in the secondary, given how much LSU is relying on the passing attack. And that's with no disrespect to their run game, but it just is. You watch that game against Oklahoma, and literally a lot of those touchdown passes Burrow threw, there's almost no contest. And that's in large part to because of what he does as a quarterback with his eyes, but I think more so in credit to the LSU receiving corps. Uh, their two receivers in Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, you won't find a better duo in the country. You won't. Chase and no. Jefferson have 18 touchdowns apiece. Um, and they're both top three in yards and catches, uh, both over 1,400 yards on the season. The two of them together on the same field is just very tough for anyone to defend. Clemson has a defense that might be up for the task. I can't. I think Ohio State's secondary would have matched up better with them. But like we said, like Clemson right, – Can't live in the past. Yeah, no, exactly. The point there being, I think this game's won and lost in the secondary – and I, I just don't see anyone that has slowed down even a little bit this LSU passing crew. I, if, if Clemson has a shot, they're going to have to – the over's going to hit. It's 69 and a half. And, and, and so if the under hits and Clemson wins, uh, I'll do something outrageous. I will. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, just, I don't know I what just, that I is mean, yet. God. I will. I, I still don't get how a, a receiver can catch the ball clearly with three steps, almost a fourth and get it knocked away, having called fumble on the field. Like, I don't There's just no clear evidence. Frank, Frank, I, I know. I'm <laughs> in retirement, too. It's tough. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's sad. I was literally about to say, 
It, like, okay, I'll stop talking. Clemson earned it. I still don't know if they earned it. No, they, they I mean, did it. No, they didn't. The better team lost. The team, oh, we were more physical. We took it to them. K-Wad said North Carolina was physical with them. And yeah. Ohio State was physical with Clemson. Um, and we were better. But we had a chance to win, and, and we still didn't. So, um, yeah, Clemson's in the title. We're, I'm, I'm an LSU fan next Monday for sure, cheering on Burrow and the boys. Hopefully they, they – uh, knock Trevor Lawrence back to back to reality. I'll tell you what, Frank, I am just a uh, I'm a football fan that day. I yeah, I actually, who am I kidding? Screw yeah, I, I I bet on Trevor Lawrence last year to beat Alabama, I remember. Monday yeah, night. no, we all did. like that was a good profitable day in a game yeah. that we had no dog in the fight. No, I absolutely hate him. Yep. Uh so also worth mentioning, I don't know, anything else you want to touch on in that game? I really um, I will say ATN AT- <laughs> is top 3 college running back which I don't know what you want to do then with Jonathan Taylor, Dobbins, and Chubba Hubbard. What about what about Clyde? Had, Alaire is really good. Edwards Alaire. He's yeah. A, he's a problem, too. Well, okay, fine. He looks Chris, like – like, like, they're all really good. Like, dude, let's say that's our two great five. running backs, two great quarterbacks, two great offenses, two good defenses. It's going to be a fun national title. I mean, it's, it's two of the best teams in the country. I don't think it's the two best teams in the country. But once again, we're not living in the past. Um, you, just, so. you just heard me slobber over the LSU receiving crew. And, like, the Clemson one is probably just as talented from an NFL perspective when you look at Justin Ross and T, T. Higgins. But Ohio State really did not get beat by them in any regard. It was ATN, if anything. Um, and, and just what Lawrence was able to do. Trevor Lawrence's legs. Looked yeah, like, Lawrence's looked like Lamar legs. Jackson out there. I will give them a lot of credit on that last touchdown, the the fake run and then the toss to ATN. The the yeah. as a pass. That's yeah, a that's no, a great was, play. Really good yeah. play call. Really good play. Um screw it. Let's move on though. Um, no, hold on. Uh, uh, One thing. They don't matter, but I want to bring them up. SEC bowl record, seven and two. Big ten, four and five. Big twelve, one and five. So I don't I don't know what you want to do with that. Just wanted I just wanted to say it. Um, uh, SEC I mean, reigns dominant. Mike Korea can be happy for once. He's an Ignatius guy. You wouldn't know him, Frank. I mean, Wisconsin kind of got screwed in the Rose Bowl, and then Ohio State I think got screwed. So I think the records are a little tainted right there. What's the ACC? Do you know? Uh, give me two seconds. I I had it down and then I went. I was just going to say, I think the loser of the Clemson-LSU game should have to change their mascot. There's too many Tigers in college football. There, there are a ton. Way too many. Like, and, and, yeah. and I definitely don't want it to be LSU because Coach O, obviously, go Tigers. But um, they, I think Diabo tried saying that or something. Like, hey, let's go Tigers, guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, ACC's four and six. Sorry for the delay there. But they're okay. fighting to go closer to – one step closer to 500. Um but for everyone that is south of the Mason-Dixon line, they can rejoice. It was a good year for them. Okay, loser becomes the Tiger Cubs. Let's move on to the NFL where Tom Brady, James, is he done in New England? They lose to the Titans. Um, kind of an ugly game. You know, I thought Brady played all right, but his team didn't help him out. Uh, and the defense didn't step up when they needed to. But everyone's like, everyone's like saying he's done in New England. I don't think so. Uh, and he said it's unlikely that he'll retire. That was his verbiage after the post-game process. But everyone's saying he's going to San Diego or Indianapolis or maybe even Cleveland with Josh I don't, Yeah, possibly. I don't I don't buy any of that either. If he's coming back, he's staying with Bill. 
I don't I don't think that pair is going anywhere. I get it; he's unrestricted for the first time in his career. Holy crap! I've never heard a uh, headline, you know, repeated as much. Oh, I don't know. God. I almost think I almost think Bill kind of wants a running quarterback. I think Bill kind of like he might wait a year or two. He might let Brady finish it out. But like I think Bill, I think he'll draft an athletic quarterback in this draft. You think an athletic quarterback in this draft? Who who comes to mind right there? I don't think it's Herbert. It's not going to be. I mean, it's not going to be an early first rounder. It'd have to be like a second or third round guy. You think Tua falls know. with his injury? No, Tua is Tua is top ten. Tua declared today for the NFL draft. He will be a top ten pick, I think. So you don't think uh, Jared Stidham from uh, Auburn? No, no. You don't I don't think, think he wins I don't up think I don't think Stidham's the guy. I think I think they can keep Brady for two years, maybe sign him for a little fat contract, and then uh, bring in a runner. But I think uh, Bill's seeing what Lamar Jackson's doing, and I think he wants a little piece of the action. His his dad was a, a Navy coach, I think, triple option guy. Um, I think Bill is seeing what's going on with the NFL. But a little stat here, talking playoffs, NFL. The four teams that led in NFL in passing did not make the playoffs. Four teams that led the NFL in rushing did. Whew. First time since the 1970 merger. It's a running league, baby. (laughs) Oh, Um, man, that's good stuff. Yeah, a little little interesting fact I saw there. But um, moving on from Tom Brady and the Patriots, uh, great and Ryan Tannehill, first playoff win, uh, first playoff game. Uh, They move on to take the Ravens, James, uh, take on the Ravens in Baltimore. Ravens minus nine. Um, Huge line. Do, Do you think they cover? Nine is a lot to give the Titans the way they're playing. Although I'm, I'm telling you all year, I have not understood how Tennessee is good. And there's times when they've come out and they've just, you know, looked flat. That certainly was not the case week one against the Browns. And they certainly hope that's not the case this week against the Ravens. Um, because, yeah, Lamar Jackson and the way this Ravens offense is playing is you'll hear every sports, <laughs> sports outlet basically slobber over Baltimore. And I guess for good reason. But, yeah, this Titans team, Ryan Tannehill, he does just enough. He throws 70 yards when you need it, all right? He goes 8-15. <laughs> Derrick Henry, just, he will hit you in the mouth again and again. And so yeah, that Derrick, end, Derrick Henry in January, you don't want to tackle him. You, and he, you know what they always say, at least the announcers were, like, basically hounding on it. He gets stronger as the game goes on. In a weird way, <laughs> it's true. Like, literally fourth quarter, it's like these defenses are worn out. And for some reason, he's not yet. I don't know what kind of, you know, enhancements he's Dude, taking. But No, they used to give him, like, 65 carries a game in, like, high school. His high school stats are insane. I, I remember watching his high school highlight in college. He, did, he didn't get tackled for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he had five games with six touchdown rushes in high school in one season. Just absurd. But um, we got to keep working here. We got to keep working through everything. That we I, like do. The, I, I like the Titans to cover. I, this is the only game that I want to bet on, but we're not betting in January. I like yep. the Titans to cover. I like the Ravens under 29.5 because I think both teams want to run the ball. It'll be a little slower. Um, that's the Ravens team total under 29.5. And, and then I like the Ravens to not win the AFC minus 105 because, because the Chiefs are on the other side, and I think the Titans could even upset them. But I think the Chiefs and Texans are two teams that could easily make the Super Bowl with their quarterbacks. I think that's not a horrible bet, Frank, to not win it. But uh, I don't know. Like we said, not betting. And I don't want to fixate too much on one matchup. I'm so glad I don't have to bet. And guys, <laughs> sorry, we're not giving. You never locks. have to. 
we're not you never have to, but sometimes there's that mental twitch that you know, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in February with the more strategy. The the Super Bowl week, like we're gonna be building up a bankroll going into the Super Bowl. I'd expect big profits week one of February. Looking forward to it a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see on the NFC side, the Saints lose to the Vikings. They are they are a team that you might want to play in January because they are choke artists. Or so it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Payton didn't call a great game. Breeze looked average throughout the day. But did you think it was offensive pass interference on the uh, the overtime touchdown for the, the Vikings? Uh, had it been called it on the field originally, yes, I did. He, which is stupid to say, like, because his arm goes full extension. But all year long, they wouldn't overturn that. And so they're not going to do that in a playoff game. I don't think they should do it any differently there. Sucks to – for the Saints' perspective, they literally instituted that rule to overturn something like that. But, for the Saints. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're going to not get it done. It, they, there's just been no consistency in forcing that. So I think, yes, it probably was. But, oh, well, that, that wasn't going to change the game for them. It was, they were still – what was that, on first and goal, second and goal? All right. Um, I think second, I want to say. Maybe third. I don't know. I just think it's crazy that uh, – the Saint, like I would rather be a Browns fan than a Saints fan. They've lost three heartbreaking years in a row in the playoffs, like on the final plays. Minnesota Miracle was three years ago. Two years ago is the non-call uh, defensive pass interference, and then this year, little push off. Good, good win by the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, you like that? I like that. Kirk, he's going to be taking on the Forty Niners, uh, and the Niners are six and a half um, this week. I, I like Jimmy G in the in the Niners with Kyle Shanahan calling plays to uh, control this game. All right, I, I like that pick. I think, yeah, that's believable. I I would I'd get behind Shanahan and Jimmy G. No problems yeah. there. As mm-hmm. for Seahawks Packers, I I don't know. I'm not that interested. I am obviously I'll watch it, but I don't even. There's no storylines there that really just. I guess Packers haven't been this good in a while. I just don't really like Aaron Rodgers that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't mind Rodgers. I, I like. I mean, I'll watch the game. I think there'll be a lot of snow. It'll be an interesting game. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's a shootout. I want to see a couple shootouts. There's a lot of low scoring. Uh, good games, obviously, this past weekend. But I want to see some higher scoring games. That's that's a reasonable expectation, you know. As a football fan, you. And yeah. so, actually, you know what? I'm just going to root for whoever Maddie Geither is cheering for. Um, <laughs> I think he's actually a Seahawks fan, now, if I'm not mistaken. So I, maybe I am a Seahawks fan all of a sudden. Uh, I know he was a Saints fan for a little bit there, but he needed a new team after they went down. So I think he's now with Seattle. Um, I think I'm going to ride the Chiefs the rest of the way. So you're a Chiefs fan. I'm a Maddie Geither fan. That's good enough yeah. for me in the playoffs. Yeah. I, no, I will say I. Maddie Geither is a. I think he'd be a Chiefs fan. No, he's a Seahawks fan. You got to look at his tweet, man. He always has been. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, but is no, that a... realistically, realistically, <laughs> I hate Pete Carroll. I'm really not a Pete Carroll guy. So I, I could join you on the Chiefs. I think that'd be a fun team to watch win it. Okay. Um, what else do we got? And I think, I mean, just everyone, you're going to be tuned in regardless on Saturday and Sunday to the NFL, but in the NBA, um, the Lakers and Bucks are at the top. Um, we're getting closer and closer to the all-star break, but the Bucks, James, they have here. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. So the, but when you say all-star break also taco fall being like number six in front court voting or something like that, 
Is he? Score, yeah, he's remarkably like high. The hey, fans there love him. Have you seen his points per minute? It's like yeah, first, it's, it's first in the league. That's the argument for why it's fine that he's as high as he is. He scores like um, 50 points a game if it, per 48. <laughs> per 48, yep, that sounds about right. Uh, no, I, it's kind of weird. They need to get rid of fan voting. They really do because there's some other suspect uh, choices up there, and there's guys yeah. that are scoring 20 a game for the first time in their careers, and they're not even on the radar. Uh, but who honestly gives a crap? It's the NBA All-Star game. I, I'll care when it's in Cleveland in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh the stat I was going to give on the Milwaukee Bucks, they currently average a points per game differential of twelve and plus twelve point eight, and so out of teams that have scored that have had a differential over ten points, ten of the eleven have gone on to the NBA Finals. So I don't know if I screwed up the wording there at all, but just know what the Bucks are on pace to do has never been done historically. They yeah, are the highest points per game differential ever. Yeah. They have, crazy. No, no one else has had a twelve point eight differential ever. There's only been eleven teams to get double digits differential. So if they can become the twelfth, they have a very good chance to go to the finals. Didn't say anything about winning it. Just said to get there. Uh, they are in uh, elite company. Yeah, um, I still like Philly out of the East. That you, that you do. I hot take, I, hot take right <laughs> there. But. Um, other than that, the Cavs are a little bit of a dumpster fire. They've won a few games, though. I think I think our prop bet of over 24.5 is looking all right. It's alive. It's not it's dead. dead. <laughs> it's alive. There's a pulse. Uh, but uh, Kevin loves, you know, he's in, he's in a little frustration with the program, it seems like. But uh, in lighter news with our team, we're playing the Nuggets this Saturday, which if you guys don't know, that means – uh, a lot of fans will be participating in the, the hashtag me versus nuggets challenge, which basically people during the game will try to eat more chicken nuggets than the Denver nuggets score against the Cavs. Um, the nuggets are averaging 108 and a half points per game. So do you think you can eat 109 chicken nuggets or even more? Um, Cavs defense is pretty bad, so it could be more. Uh, I'm guessing more. Yeah. I, but yeah, go, go buy some, a bunch of chicken nuggets and, James and I are not going to try this now, but maybe in March. You know, we're, we're watching our weight in January, new, new yeah. year. Sort of having a dry January over here. So trying to carry that over into the food spectrum a little bit too, uh, at yeah. least for the first two weeks for me. I'm, I don't know if I'm a full month guy, but, uh, yeah, the Cavs and Nuggets will play again on March 7th, and I think that's when I will attempt this, uh, or at least to split it with a partner. Um, the real ones that attempt this challenge sneak the Nuggets into the game, just put them in their coat. Uh, yeah, like how do you sneak that. in like 120 nuggets? That just seems tough. Like 20 in each pocket. You got five pockets on you. No problem. <laughs> Joey, Chest- then, Joey Chestnut enough. might be participating. Um, so he's going to probably get 200 nuggets. He-, he will have no problem with this. But that's that's the NBA for you guys. A lot of exciting stuff going on. Um, we don't have anything for you in the NHL. We're, we're hoping to get um, a little CBA- CBJ broadcaster onto the show, a friend of the pod, um, and get us up to speed with the whole NHL because we're a little behind. James, but you're wearing a little Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, it's the only team I have left that is winning. The Browns stink. The Cavs, you know, John Beeline, we just talked about the, you know, Kevin Love wants out, which he does. He, I was reading his Instagram comments the other day. Like, he says he'll always have love for the city of Cleveland, but doesn't agree with the way things are going down right now. Channing Fry kind of echoed that. Uh, the Indians might trade Lindor. Just saw a picture today of 
a bunch of dudes from the 2016 team went to Napa Valley together. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. John Gomes, Cody Allen, Brantley, Chisenhall. All those dudes were literally in Napa together like last month. So they created a friendship out of that team, but none of them are still in Cleveland, which is sad. Yeah. So all of my Ohio teams are letting me down right now. So I'm officially a Hurricanes fan. Uh, it doesn't mean I don't still have love for CBJ. When they will play against the Hurricanes, I will uh, still root for, you know, the a cannon. Lot of, a lot of goals. <laughs> but a lot of goals. Yeah, no, they, I went to the game when they played in October. They play again at the end uh, end of the season in April. I'll be at that one too here. Um, but, yeah, no, the Hurricanes are the only hope I have left in the sports life. Yeah, so, well, yeah. you know, I, I as as just a Columbus and Cleveland fan, I have nothing to be happy about in the sports <laughs> world. But I have everything to be happy about in the stock world. And let's move into the market talk, James. 2019, what an unbelievable year. Uh, best in the best in the decade, I think. Um, I think 29% return for the S&P 500. Um, it depends how you look at it, uh, really. But just an incredible year. What's that, James? What noise is that? Somebody outside my apartment causing ruckus. <laughs> I, I really don't know. Like my door is locked. I need to soundproof my whole apartment. That's what okay. Well, twenty nine percent return for the S and P five hundred. Um, I think over thirty percent for the Nasdaq. Um, just an incredible year for stocks. Um, but uh, a little heightened volatility entering twenty twenty as um, the U S. Uh, killed. Iranian General Soleimani, um, somewhat of a terrorist guy, threw a drone strike uh, last Thursday night or something. Uh, so that, that shook markets a little bit, but they, they seem to rebound since then, haven't really uh, bothered them too much. And so what's what's your outlook on 2020? I, I still have a pretty bullish outlook myself, Frank. I, and this is at the point in time. I looked through my portfolio over 2019. I didn't have necessarily any losers. So I always look at that. Oh, that's a pretty good sign. But when you see the market did as well as it did, it's like, okay, you shouldn't have had any losers. You should be way closer to their returns. I was a little bit low uh, below them on that standpoint. But this is a year where I'm going to be a little bit more heightened in my attention to the markets themselves. Um, because I don't, I don't think it's going to be as smooth sailing as we saw in 2019. We just, you're coming off a year where, well, like you just said, best in the decade, be easy for, you know, investor sentiment to say, oh, man, what, this isn't going to stop. Let, let's just keep drinking the Kool-Aid. I think we might see some regression. Obviously, the election coming up in the fall will have some impact. I don't know if it's you know significant or not. It depends, honestly, what happens in that. Uh, so I think as you see more storylines and headlines unfold uh, coming up to that, you're going to see more volatility. So I would just say, like, be yeah. patient, ride it out, look for the – there are a lot of stocks now that, you know, they're at 52-week highs or honestly all-time highs themselves. And uh, I'm speaking specific companies. I think I would not necessarily steer clear of those, but I would be a little bit wary of them. I might look for some other things with lower valuations myself. Uh, but that's just me. Yeah, it's it's tough to find value sometimes in a, in a bull market like this um, in the market. Um but yeah, there, I think there will be some volatility in 2020, and you can buy on some some downside volatility. Um, and you know that volatility can include the Middle East tensions that we talked about. There's also Brexit still kind of going on, which is a big thing with uh, the European Union as well. Uh, obviously, U.S. and China trade talks and tariffs, and then as you said, the U.S. election. It's a and it, it's an election year, so whatever happens there uh, can obviously move markets as well. 
But I think taking a long-term perspective, remembering that, you know, in the long run, the market is your friend. Um, it's going to help us see past the blur. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be buying any dips in 2020 as well. And I think, I think, you know, the underlying fundamentals, at least in the U.S., is that the consumer is very strong. You know, we have our lowest unemployment in 50-plus years. Uh, our consumer spending is good. So from that perspective, I think uh, the U.S. should have uh, some, some solid growth uh, in earnings from their companies. Uh, maybe not quite quite as great stock returns as 2019, but I, I'm hoping for a positive. I, I think we'll see a positive year still. Um, obviously, at least first half. You know, I think the second half with the election could really uh, make for some interesting volatility. Well, Frank, speaking of your returns in 2019, I heard they were something special. Yeah, um, as as some of you know, I'm a big Bitcoin believer, um, and it's in my personal portfolio. It's over like half my personal portfolio, which is. Not necessarily smart. I should probably be a little more diversified, but I have a, a portfolio I don't manage that if it added all up, it would make more sense. It would be less of a majority. But my personal investment portfolio, 73% estimated return in 2019. It's kind of tough to estimate uh, because if you're adding more stocks in throughout the year and different things, but Bitcoin returned 92% in 2019. Um, it's still a big buy for me, I think, moving forward. I think there's still one more big bull run in Bitcoin. It's still only really owned by like 1% of the world. I could see that getting to 5 to 10% pretty easily. And I mean, if that's a 5 times to 10 times price appreciation that goes with that, um, I'm here for it. So I think we get one more big bull run. Um, I'm not – I mean, I, it'll be interesting because I think governments could crack down on it to a certain extent because it is – I mean, to buy it, you kind of have to go through a, a, a centralized exchange currently. But I have my Bitcoin off the network. Um, it's in my own little cold storage. So if you guys have any questions about that, you could always email me. But that's still a buy for me. My favorite stock is Micron Technology. I think they returned. I can check real quick here. They returned seventy one percent in twenty nineteen. So that was that was like thirty percent of my stock holdings in that stock. So good year for me. Uh, still still a believer in Micron uh, in the next three to five years as well. Um, I, obviously, anything can happen in twenty twenty with any of these stocks. Um, with the macro environment, you never know. But those are what I'm adding to my portfolio along with some other shares. What about you? Uh, what do you return? I, I don't know what I returned. I don't keep track of it that closely either. I think I was in the uh, like the range of 15 to 20%, but I, I don't really worry about that. I just know that I trust it long, long term. Um, so to that extent, uh, I do. there are a couple things I have my eye on in 2020. Live Nation is something I am a holder in. Uh, they just redid their contract or extended it with Ticketmaster. So that partnership, uh, basically, it's the reason that they have a partnership is so that it, it derains one of them from having a monopoly, but together they kind of have one. That's probably not the right way to describe it. It's not anyone works for either of those companies. They can probably bust my ass over it. But the point is, when you buy a ticket for any known concert, basically, you're going to be going through that partnership. And so there's a lot in that they just extended that partnership to 2025. So the foreseeable future, they're going to have yeah. a good revenue stream. So I yeah, like them a lot. Strong U.S. consumers, as I said, that, that plays well into their game. People are going to want to experience the concerts. And then also Tanger Outlet Malls, Tanger or Tanger, I, don't, I think it's Tanger. Uh, but speaking of real estate, Frank, uh, it's an example of a REIT, a real estate investment trust. And they are right now in the 14 to $15 range. They've been on the decline price-wise for a little while, uh, but they have about a 9% dividend yield. So 
not necessarily a low risk option because real estate in itself is a risky investment. But for me, I'm not buying a ton of shares of them. I'm just, you know, it's a little bit of a gamble. If someone's on the down, on the decline like that, you think they may have the financials and the, the right business model, at least for them in retail stores and real estate, uh, it's tough to um, have a sustainable business model. I think theirs is up there as one of the better ones. Um, and you, I've, I know the one in Columbus, like, has some pretty good retailers that have kind of stayed the course there. So I think with the kind of retailers they attract, they are one of the better real estate, uh, I guess, gambles, you could say. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of REITs. I, it's something that I want to look into more in 2020 and maybe add because um, it'll add diversification, getting some real estate into your portfolio, um, and then also just passive income because most of them do have those larger dividend yields. Like literally, James, you would get a 9% return, which would beat the historical market return if your price just stays the same and you collect that dividend. So, I mean, I understand where you're coming from and it's a, it's a cool thing. I, I am personally hoping to look at maybe some uh, like older living homes for REITs. Uh, I, I got to look into it more for sure. But, you know, obviously the boomers are growing up and they're going to be uh, m- moving into the assisted living homes. So <laughs> yeah, uh, they're, the, they're at the last stage of growing up. Sorry, boomers. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I, I might be looking at, add some REITs as well to my portfolio, uh, get a little real estate action in there, a little passive income. All right. Some, some good buys out of us for 2020. Uh, we, can't, yeah. we can't call them good retrospectively yet, but pretty sure they're good. Good outlook. Yeah. Um, as always, do your own research, guys. Uh, we cannot give financial advice, uh, but we give financial ideas. Financial ideas. Well said. Uh, Frank, let's do postgrad plans and wrap up. One our Results of the um, listener survey said they like episodes under 50 minutes, and we're going to be closing in on that here. So postgrad plans for New Year's Eve, uh, went downtown Cleveland. West 6th Street was a hoot. Uh, Velvet Dog was crazy. Uh, The all-inclusive VIP pass was where it was at. What an overrated holiday and way too expensive, but damn, did we have a good time. Uh, I'd like to shout out Ellie Livingston and Maggie Lee for having a – inflatable air mattress in their kitchen and uh, is that where you ended up yeah is that where you ended up the night (laughs) woke woke up in that kitchen i don't don't know how i got there but there i was it was good and then you and then you got deathly ill that night. oh that night yeah it was like 12 (laughs) hour span after i was done well that's the other thing like there's all my all the guy friends i was with they were gone, like in the blink of an eye. And next thing you know, I'm just with them. And uh, hey, you're 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 a girls guy. Uh, I, that's, yeah, I'm not a guys guy. God you're forbid, a girls guy. God forbid you have made a guys guy social event. But, <laughs> that's right. great. What are you doing this week? Uh, not too much. Laying low. Like like Laying I said, low. I got sick a little bit, a little congested. Still, watch some movies. Uh, what about your New Year's Eve? You were down in Florida. Yeah, I went down to Florida originally with Megan's family, and then uh, we headed down to Naples, where my parents have a nice little place. Uh, got to play a bunch of golf, celebrated the New Year with uh, my fam, some family friends, the Foxes, the O'Grady's, um, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. You know, my sister was down there as well. We went to uh, I forget what the Irish bar is called, but um, plenty of drinking down there as well. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be laying low this upcoming week. Uh, as well, watching playoff football. Watch. I think I'm going to go see Frozen Two. That's Frozen Two. All right, you're watching movies too. That's good. Yeah, Frozen. Frozen Two. Megan wants to go see it, and I, she said that or Little Women. And I was like, I'd rather I'd rather go see the Disney movie. I think. 
Yeah, I don't know what Little Woman's about. I don't think I want to know. K-Wad was a big, I don't know, K-Wad was a big fan of Frozen 2, he said, if you remember that. So I do. I'm going yep. to go with his recommendation. Uh, we'll check that out. And other than that, though, man, um, Sorry, keep working on, we're going to. Keep working on the podcast, you know. We're we're we got a few exciting things down the down the pipeline here, guys, in twenty twenty. So big things. Love it, Frank. So let's sign off with a good good old fashioned uh you just watched this movie Rocket Man by basically detailing Elton John. So we're gonna stick with Elton for our song of the week. Um, yeah. we're gonna go with uh, your girlfriend's favorite. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Yeah, classic song. Uh the movie Rocket Man just won two Golden Globes. Elton John killing it, um, staying sober. That's we're we're staying sober for the month, uh, James, for a couple weeks in solidarity with Elton. Um, and yeah, I, I Yellow Brick Ro- Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, obviously a classic song. Great movie, Rocket Man. If you haven't seen it, uh, very interesting about Elton John's life. And any anything you want to end with, James? No, I've got nothing. Uh, no creativity. I'm still sick. <laughs> Wash your hands folks that's what i want to leave you with wash your hands see you guys we're done here